survive and thrive. This is a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but thrive in change. I'm your host and co-founder of Consinity, Jennifer Ayers. This season, our third season, we want to help our listeners learn how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization, how to minimize disruption, and how to even normalize the concept that change is constant. We plan to do this by exploring the eight tenets or themes we covered in season two. For a recap of these, you can go to our ninth episode in season two. These are principles we believe drive meaningful, impactful, and sustainable change in an organization. We want to help our listeners understand why this is important and why they as leaders should pay attention to these principles and how to put some of them into practice. Today's episode is going to be a little different. I'd like to revisit a topic that we've talked about and written about on how the pandemic will impact the future of work and what companies can do about it. It's a recurring theme that started before the pandemic, but we're seeing it accelerated by the pandemic. And as we continue to get questions from our clients, we want to remind folks of some of the pandemic trends and some of the opportunities these trends present. Now, when the pandemic began, very few organizations had a crisis plan in place to address its magnitude. And leaders therefore scrambled to accommodate this in an ever-fluctuating environment with varied safety guidelines, there were no immediate ways that people had a standard that they could follow for something like this at this scale. So even today, many organizations still feel as if they're simply trying to survive and figure out what's next. Maybe some leaders believe they've missed the time to make meaningful and effective changes in their business. But in fact, this is still a good time. It may actually be a great time as more people are open to exploring different perspectives or points of view on how to foster a work environment that thrives. Consider this. What we know now about the needs of people in the workforce far surpasses what we could have predicted or understood a year ago. The phrase future of work is not new, and leaders have been ideating and envisioning the future of work experience for their company for years now. The pandemic has both accelerated previously nascent trends and has further exposed existing realities, revealing all the opportunities and now making it a critical time to respond. By being proactive and responding to some of these trends, leaders can display a new level of empathy and ownership when it comes to organizational and cultural development and create an environment for their people not only to survive, but thrive. Let's review some of these key trends and highlight some of the organizational development opportunities organizations can put into action to thrive post-pandemic. These trends can empower companies to intentionally design a future of work experience that is more human at its core. This is not only to drive business forward, but also to attract a more dynamic and diverse workforce than previously imagined, 
something that I think everyone agrees is desperately needed. So, key pandemic trend number one, a new perception of remote work. In a survey by job listing site FlexJobs, 65% of pandemic remote workers said they wanted to keep working from home. 58% said they would look for a new job if they had to return to the office. The reason for remote working preference is nuanced, and companies can approach understanding and responding to these in a multitude of ways. As early as May 2020, major companies such as Nationwide, for example, announced plans to go remote first or adopt a partial or optional remote policy. It's important to explore the mindset of employees on this topic and consider the different approaches that can be taken to create new forward-thinking policies. Organizations should take a pulse check on employee sentiment regarding remote work as a long-term employee arrangement. Questions about remote work preferences should go beyond asking about how many days of the week are preferred or what days, for example, but also to explore the impact remote working has had on various aspects of their life, what has worked, what has not worked. It is also appropriate to survey middle management and senior leaders to identify how their perception has changed about the viability of their team working remotely. While in the past, it was certainly standard practice to require a particular function or an entire organization to be in person, now's the time to connect with other leaders in similar types of work to identify if there's a different way to approach the flexible working arrangement. So why does it matter to explore this as an opportunity? Well, in part, because aligning future of work planning goals with business outcomes is something that is trending as an outcome of the future. The key to designing a thriving future of work environment for your company begins with the work to understand where you are heading first. What are your organizational goals? And what are the outcomes and indicators along the way that help you stay on track or pivot? What is your company's vision or mission? And how does this translate into fostering a purpose-driven organization? This requires strategic planning followed by creating your company's goals and strategic pillars for your future of work initiative. Your strategic plan and future of work goals should be set upon a foundation for successfully defining and implementing the key pillars of your workforce strategy and not rely on whether someone is actually in the office or working remotely. It should be designed more around the outcomes that you're trying to achieve and empowering your workforce to make decisions based on a clear vision and purpose so they know how to respond could help your organization reframe the discussion about remote work around the outcomes and expectations, not so much about if you show up in the office on a Monday or a Wednesday. Another trend that we have seen during the pandemic is a new kind of burnout. At the start of the pandemic, the move to complete remote working and other surrounding impacts of the pandemic gave many leaders the impression that productivity would plummet for sure. One of my guests from season two explicitly called this out. They discovered that there was not a plummet, but rather an increase in productivity or at least activity 
to the point where they had to implement structured programs to help mitigate employee burnout. According to the Society for HR Professionals, in a report they published last year, nearly 70% of professionals who transitioned to remote work said they worked weekends, with 45% saying they regularly worked more hours during the week than previously. Not only are employees working longer, but they're spending more time in meetings and trying to keep up with an increasing number of communication channels. How many people have heard of the Zoom gloom? We have a lot of difficulties sticking around on video conferences for hours at a time. Understanding what productivity means more deeply and the nuances of burnout are critical to unleashing the highest levels of value in your company and your workforce. Company leaders need to set expectations that employees do not need to be on a 24 by 7 schedule if they're in some kind of hybrid or virtual environment. Some companies we've talked to have gone so far as to put in mandatory breaks or no communications at all after 6 p.m. Others are launching wellness programs and encouraging their team to take meetings on a walk, for example. There's an opportunity here to meet people where they are in the moment with flexible employment opportunities. The pandemic has really broken the mold in terms of what types of working environment is feasible and viable for a business. Given what we've explored around thinking about the future of work and where you want your workforce to thrive, there are some creative ways you can tactically think about bringing tools and services to play that have helped to support flexible work policies and quote-unquote personalized employment. There are some real-life stories being told with creative approaches that both senior leaders and middle managers have brought to their teams, which can inspire you with new ways to think about making your future of work a reality and accommodating some flexibility, which people so desperately need today. We had a prior guest during season one, Jess Pagoni, CEO and founder of Luna, a personalized employment platform, who shared some of the importance of creating a personalized employment experience to make it easier for managers and their teams, especially when you're trying to manage a virtual or hybrid environment. Related to this, is another pandemic trend that we've seen, which is the disproportionate impact of the pandemic on diversity and inclusion. The benefits of embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion have been widely documented for years. Yet, some would argue we've made very slow progress. Back in 2018, McKinsey and Company reported that, quote-unquote, companies in the top quartile for ethnic cultural diversity on executive teams were 33% more likely to have industry-leading profitability. While this data has been available and known, the pandemic's disproportionate effect on women, and especially women of color, has highlighted systemic issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's imperative that companies look holistically at fostering not only a diverse workforce, but an inclusive workforce that nurtures diversity of thought and addresses this via not only a hiring strategy, but examining how the company culture can foster an environment 
which allows diversity and inclusion to thrive. It's not enough to achieve specific diversity numbers. A culture must embrace diversity in what individuals value in their work and what their day-to-day motivators are to realize true inclusivity of work. So now is a great time to think about what is the environment that you want to foster? What is the culture that you want to foster? Creating a holistic employee experience and thinking about culture is imperative for the work of the future. Even if you have not purposely defined and fostered a culture, I promise you it exists. It's the reason why many of us have at one point in our lives decided to heck with it in the job we were in because it was toxic. We had a bad boss, but that led to other problems and the environment was just untenable. So even if we don't talk about culture, it's always there. So it is incumbent upon the leaders of an organization to take the reins and intentionally foster culture and therefore define and embody the behaviors that you want to see in your organization. And part of that requires defining behaviors that allow for inclusivity. The last trend I want to highlight is probably, in my opinion, one of the most important, and that is this finding of a new or renewed sense of purpose. When people are given a new window through which to view their world, it helps them see life, opportunities, and challenges from a different perspective. Though our natural inclination is to recognize the economic hardships being endured and assume it means employees are doing all they can to hold on to their jobs, the reality is much more nuanced than that. New York Times has reported numerous times on what they call the YOLO economy, YOLO standing for you only live once. This speaks to the situation where millennials finding themselves with in-demand skills, a financial cushion, and the harsh reality of the pandemic resulting in deaths of people close to them have been driving them to completely reprioritize their life. According to the Prudential Financial's Pulse of the American Worker Survey, one in four workers are planning to look for opportunities once the threat of the pandemic has subsided. 80% are doing so because they are concerned about their career advancement, and 72% said the pandemic had caused them to rethink their skill sets and priorities. And we've certainly talked about this before in the past on our podcast. This wonderful coined expression, the great resignation, where we are seeing millions of people quit their jobs every month. In April of this year, a record 4 million workers quit their jobs, according to the Labor Department. Why is this happening? While many people are certainly leaving in search of more money, greater flexibility, or maybe they're worried about returning to an office environment, many more have reported a shifting of priorities or a searching for greater happiness. I would say a lot of people are rethinking what work means to them how they are valued, and where they spend their time. So, whether you want to believe it or not, your workforce has had the time, space, and a renewed perspective 
through which they are defining how they want to live their life going forward. The challenge for organizations is whether a company's vision is clear and that their employees understand how they fit into it. How do they align to it? They're also in a position to need evidence that that company values its people and that leaders are coached on demonstrating behaviors that reinforce that value. Like I said, we've all had that jerk boss in our career that we've put up with in the past. However, research suggests, and our own conversations with clients and other peers reinforce this, that people are more motivated now to do something else rather than tolerate a poor leader. And hence, yet again, more opportunity. At the heart of these trends is a more complete understanding of the current state of human values. It's time to put the human experience at the core of how we move forward. In order to leverage this unique point in history to propel your organization forward, an organization has to consider those development fundamentals that too often are taken for granted. Companies must consider the different types of resources and the shift the mindset of their employees being a cost to them versus an asset. Companies can shift the effectiveness of their workforce by investing in the development of their leadership, examining the cultural behaviors they wish to reinforce, and ultimately considering what employees should experience, what is the employee experience they desire to drive the behaviors and hence the business results they want to see. We believe we are moving into a new era of work where companies that take the people-first approach will succeed and others will slow down. The research is showing that human capital management will become a key strategic lever and an advantageous position for organizations. While the rise of AI and machines has given many the impression that machines will replace workers, as we've observed during the Industrial Revolution, research shows the prevalent reality will be humans working alongside of machines. Only people will have the capacity to bring the human factor to the work, whereas machines and AI will help drive efficiencies in decision-making through predictions and potential future courses of actions. With these trends in mind, it is important to be thinking about ways that you and your organization can take advantage of these opportunities, but it will certainly take time and planning and a good change management approach. Hey, change is hard, and we've all been going through a high volume of change over the last year and a half or two years. While considering all of the prospects the future of work will bring can be an invigorating topic, we also realize that it can be overwhelming. So having a change management approach can help you think through the implications, how to get there, and how to mitigate risks along the way. We know these opportunities, though important, are deep topics and not straightforward to tackle. An organization's size, scale, history, and culture play in a lot of this and influences how bold the change needs to be. What is critical is a mindfulness and the building of a proactive understanding of these trends 
that have been exacerbated or revealed during the pandemic. Leaders will need to have an organized, empathetic, and values-driven response to these trends. And organizations that intentionally link their vision, mission, and goals to a desired employee experience that supports not only fostering a sense of purpose, but offers flexibility on how the work gets done and incorporates inclusive thinking will be on the path to developing a resilient and healthy workforce for the future. Thank you, everyone, for joining this week's episode of Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.